This episode is brought to you by Trade Coffee. Get fresh roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. Trade Coffee ships free to you as often as you like, whole or ground. Right now, Trade Coffee is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com. What a perfect Mother's Day gift. A trade subscription is the perfect gift for the coffee lover in your life. Go to drinktrade.com slash no meat. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Doug, I think we are coming up on the two-week mark since you ran for 33 hours in a row. Uh, how many runs have you run since then? It might be the three-week mark. Is it three? Two Maybe it's just two. Oh yeah, I, I guess don't, it's I don't really know. Uh, no, you know what? You came over here two weeks ago. Yeah, I think I think it's the three-week mark here. Wow. Okay. So yeah. You better, you've been on some runs then, I hope. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I did, uh, I did like, I think three last week. Last week I started easing back in. Yeah, yeah. Last week was two weeks, and okay. uh, I started easing back in. Last week I, I did like a mile and a half, then two miles, and then four and a half miles. Ran a couple times this week. So, I mean, nothing significant, nothing much, but, um, you know, trying to get back into it. The big thing is, like, I, you know, I feel great as far as pain goes. You know, like nothing hurts, no, right. no injuries. It's just my legs are feel a little unresponsive. They feel a little heavy and, <laughs> and dead. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, so I don't know. I don't know what that is, but I haven't like I haven't had a good run where my legs just felt awesome. It's probably not enough protein. That's what it. I mean. I'm sure advanced. that's it. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, of course, vegans, vegans, you know, if they can make it 200 miles, then they're never going to run again, right? <laughs> exactly. If they manage to make it that far, if they manage, then they'll never run again. <laughs> no well, but good. but i'm easing back in and, and actually feel like pretty excited about it. i was laying in bed last night and i was like you know i think i might want to go back to that race next year <laughs> yeah that's i was gonna ask you what are you uh i mean it's it's always the i don't know like kind of a high risk sort of time right after the race for me at least it's like it, mm-hmm. you, you can go either way you could get really excited about what you just did and then take that momentum into something new or you could uh say well i deserve a little break and then you take two or three months off and that turns into six months and then <laughs> yeah right yeah. yeah no i'm I'm actually feeling pretty you know like like immediately after i was like i'm never gonna run that race again i'm gonna take a long break <laughs> right. you know i don't know maybe i'm done with 100 milers for a while uh and now you know a couple weeks later i'm a little bit removed kind of forgotten about those uh hard times and i'm feeling you know feeling we talked of... about that in an episode a while ago and i still think it's kind of interesting um there was that theory from i think it's i think his name's dan gilbert he wrote stumbling on happiness Mm-hmm. And I don't think this was his theory, but he was just citing a theory um, that maybe some studies have shown. And it was that we, when when we when there's a long event, the way that our memory stores it for easy retrieval is it mostly remembers the end outcome of that event, not so much what happened leading up to the end. And uh, we mm-hmm. said perhaps that's an explanation for why people put themselves through stuff like that over and over again. When in the middle, you say, "There's no way I'm doing this again," <laughs> and and you're, you may even be thinking clearly at that time, saying, "No, this is I'm in the moment and I feel this, and it's terrible. I'm not doing it again." But then, as time goes by, you kind of just remember those that that end, and you remember that you, the, all the good feelings that happened, right? And you forget 
all the stuff that took to get there. So I, I I believe that 100. percent I think that's <laughs> that has to be that has to be what the only reason that you keep doing these things because I mean you know sometimes you have like a great race and you're like oh man that was awesome can't wait to do it again but I mean I you know I, when I was done I was done <laughs> yeah. right yeah uh, so I don't know it, it was kind of funny so last week I published the like report my race report mm-hmm. on it on record cutter and um, nice little plug there and um, yeah and. You know, what I noticed that night was that for the first time, I started getting sad. And I think we've talked about this, too, of, like, you do something and you build up to it for a long time and you have, like, this big kind of grand ending to it. And then then you're kind of, like, feeling a little bit lost and, like, a little bit sad. And I think for me, it was, at, you know, right after the race, I had the recovery and then I was still processing it and I was mm-hmm. writing it and it took, you know, it took 10 days or something to write that post. And then when it was done, I was just, like, it that, that kind of, like, put a period at the end right. of, the, of the goal. and. And I was walking through the grocery store um, that night after we put Eliza down and I was kind of by myself and I was like, man, I'm feeling sad for the first time in a really long time, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's interesting. I think it's, I think it's good to notice that. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, that, that's probably a moment that people get out of very quickly, but I don't know when those, when those rare things come along, I think it's good to pay attention to them and even, even extend them for a little while <laughs> just because they don't, they, you don't get that very much. Right. Yeah. You exactly. get to that feeling. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, good for you. Uh, glad to hear that. My soccer is uh, has not happened again. That we our team forfeited the last game, so I'm I've oh, been no. somewhat inactive. But we do have our um, little soccer room we built, as you saw. Actually, yep. you you came. I just before this call, I replaced the screen that you uh, <laughs> that he knocked out when you came over and played a little game against my son. <laughs> you told me that it had already been knocked out. I don't know. It, if that it was had been true starting. Now. It had been starting to you. You put the I've, nail in the coffin <laughs> on it. Jeez, I'm sorry. <laughs> so all, what happened was, so after that, um, I traveled for three or four days, and Aaron was texting me saying, Holden will not use the soccer room anymore because there are all these bees in there now. So what happened is they all came in the screen and couldn't find a way out, I guess. Oh, no. I ruined uh, everything. <laughs> you did. But then we had some rainy days in the bees. I, what I did, I have no way of removing removing bugs that is vegan, except this way I invented, which is vacuum them up in a Dyson vacuum cleaner and then release them outside uh and it actually works it works with ants and flies and everything else really yep and often they're unharmed not always but often they end up you know they fly out of there wow i never would have thought that that would work i know i invented it so anyway i did that and then uh the bugs have not been a major problem but uh got the screen up got a little plexiglass and i'm gonna put up to make sure that doesn't happen again next (laughs) time you come over (laughs) and oh i saw a bear out there yesterday out, oh. poking around the room yeah which was in, in the room no poking like outside of it kind of sniffing around oh and okay. then it walked down our hill and i joined a family of three bears oh so that's well, exciting go. that is good. exciting yeah, did so the kids get to see it my daughter we were out on the porch drinking coffee and uh she wasn't drinking coffee we were, i was drinking coffee and we heard this walk this noise and we were like who is back there and then we just looked over and there was this little bear <laughs> <laughs> that's so, exciting that's it was fun. fun always fun yeah. So anyway, um, Doug, the reason, uh, well, not the reason you're on for this intro, but but <laughs> what is special about this episode it is It is a special episode. It is, it's very special. It is with your wife, Katie Hay, uh, mm-hmm. who is a yoga therapist and teacher where you live yep. uh, in Black Mountain, certified yoga therapist, and she's done, I remember when you guys moved here, she was doing a 500-hour yoga course, yoga teacher yes. course, which mm-hmm. I thought was, it sounded like an insane amount of time, but uh, it, it, it passed quickly. She got that done very fast yeah, right? she worked hard she was like uh yeah and she worked very hard to get it done and 
Yeah, so I guess like when you become most people when you become a yoga teacher, you get like a two hundred hour certification. Mm-hmm. And so she did that, went through that, and then got her five hundred hour a couple years later. Gotcha. For the yoga therapy, which uh yeah. But anyway, we're having her on and we're actually ditching you and Last night, uh, Katie and I sat down and did an interview without you. I, th- I like that. I think that's exciting. Um, have you done one? You and Sid, I know, did an interview, right? One time without me? <laughs> yep, yep. Was it just you guys or was there somebody else on there? No, <laughs> it was just us. It was right after the baby was born and it was like, it was the funniest show. Because... Oh, yeah, okay. And I was, cause I was really sick. And, you were really and, sick and I was, was like totally out of it. And... <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> there were like three or four times and I just like totally lost my train of thought and just had to just like take over the podcast. That's <laughs> funny. My mom always enjoys those. Uh, any tales of you and parenting where it sounds like your hands are too full? She, for some reason she always whenever i talk to her she, she likes those oh that's those funny stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh anyway okay so you guys did that one so this is a new one without me and uh and it's another husband and wife one because aaron and i have done i think two episodes together one with you and one with just us maybe we've done another one with just us but uh they're mm-hmm. they're kind of fun it's just a nice little glimpse in, into the into the dynamic of the relationship so i think people will enjoy hearing that and uh what'd you guys talk about yoga obviously yeah yeah so this episode we're, we're talking we're diving into yoga and what it is and who it's for and how to get started and kind of all the uh i i reached back to where i was before i took my first yoga class and asked all the questions that i had uh before taking that class that i like drilled katie on because i was so nervous and uh just intimidated by by yoga so that's yeah. that's what we were talking about it is intimidating i i for a long time wanted to do yoga and thought it would be such a nice thing. And uh, it just, especially, I mean, I guess this isn't maybe valid, but as a male, I was just sort of intimidated to go to it because I assumed it yeah. would be all women and I assumed I would be, you know, attracting attention, not not positive attention because I was a male, but like attention just because I was different. And then all that attention would, would go to the fact that I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, so yeah. that so that actually for me was was a little bit of a hurdle. And I eventually did get over it and signed up for like a six-class thing at the gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's kind of this strange world that if you come from just, say, running or basic fitness, uh, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of mystique around yoga. That probably shouldn't be there because I think it's probably meant to be a fairly simple practice. It's not meant to be uh, an intimidating thing. But No, not at all. Yeah, so we talk about it. We, I ask, you know, we talk about the whole guy thing and and everything. So I'm not going to spoil it with her answers, but okay. um, that Good. was yeah. Good. And this, uh, this of course, related to the guest post that Katie wrote this week on the Nomad Athlete blog, which is called 10 Essential, Pose, 10 Essential Yoga Poses to Know Before Your First Class. Um, so you can go to nomadathlete.com and check that one out. And then, of course, it is also tied. She made, in addition to that, this, uh, she put out a 13-minute starter yoga sequence that also includes these 10 poses so that if you're having that intimidation factor going on uh you can you can go do that you can learn the stuff at home you can do the 13 minute routine at home from the video uh and then you know and then do take it from where where you want from there whether that is expanding your home practice or or you know getting up the nerve to go do a class at a gym so that's at uh what is that at uh slash start dash yoga and it's yep. just a free opt-in thing doesn't cost anything Absolutely free and has a has a video component to it as well, which is pretty cool. So good. com slash start dash yoga. Okay, good. Anything else before we get to the, the intro? 
No. <laughs> we still got an intro, intro to go after this. That, that was just the warm up to the intro. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think we should just jump right into it. Okay, let's do it. Katie, have you ever done a podcast? I've never done a podcast. Do you listen to podcasts? <laughs> I do listen to podcasts. Do you listen to Nimi Athlete Radio? Um, yes, yeah, sometimes when you let me, you won't oh, let, yeah? you won't let me play it if you're with an earshot. Yeah, that's true. I hate, I hate listening to the episodes. You don't like the way you sound. Um, right. They always recording. sound like we, uh, I don't know, like we're up to no good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. Well, I'm really excited to actually do this podcast with you because if it's not clear, you're my wife. <laughs> I am. And it is clear to me. It's clear to you. It's, if it's not clear to the listeners, this I'm sitting across my desk uh, in our home office from my wife, Katie, who uh, this is the first time she's been on this podcast, first time she's ever been on any podcast. Um, and I'm sure that if you're a regular listener, you know quite a bit about Katie. You've heard me talk about her a lot. You've heard us or me and Matt talk about uh, our baby. And you've probably heard several times that Katie is a yoga instructor, which she is. Yeah. And that's why she's on today, because we're going to be talking about yoga. This week's episode is all about yoga and how to get into it if you've never never practiced yoga before and who it's good for, how it can benefit you as an athlete. And kind of, you know, I know that when I first came to yoga or when I when I first did my very first practice, you and I had started dating for a while, and you were quite into yoga. I think you were about to start teacher training at the time, mm-hmm. and you you kept asking me to come along with you, and uh, I didn't want to, <laughs> not because I didn't want to do yoga, because I did. I was intrigued by it, um, but because I was really embarrassed about <laughs> <laughs> doing something that you I knew you were going to be really good at, and I just was like totally out of my comfort zone, um, and so I I remember I actually finally got the courage to go and do a yoga practice at a studio that you had never actually been to that studio before. I was like trying to get as far away from you and yoga as I could, (laughs) uh, just in case I made a total fool of myself. And and I had a lot of questions. So we're going to kind of, I want to go through some of the questions that I had when I was first getting into yoga. Yeah. um, And then pick your brain about a bunch of other, a bunch, bunch of other things. So thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Good. So to get us started, uh, why don't you, I want to actually ask, what is yoga? Because when people think of yoga, I think they probably either think of a like Lululemon model that they see (laughs) Uh walking down the street, or they think of some like guru in the, you know, at, in like the Himalayas in the middle of nowhere, you know, with a bunch of buddhas and stuff around them right so what what is yoga and how how is it that we think of those two different things and and we're really talking about the same thing yes great question i think that when you are trying to describe yoga it's like asking someone to describe life Um, it is hard to put into words and it's a deeply personal practice and experience Um, which is what I love so much about it because depending on who you are and what you're needing physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, um, you can find a yoga practice that suits you. Um, I got into yoga 
to help with anxiety issues that I was having back in college, my college years, and to deal with some grief that I was going through at the time. And so it became a very emotionally healing experience for me. And then other times in my life, it's been a physical. So for example, after I gave birth, it's really helped me to regain my core strength and my pelvic floor strength and find my body again after that experience. So, um, Yoga is a physical practice, it's a mental practice, it's a spiritual practice, but you can um, enter into it from any of those perspectives and um, and gain a lot from it. And it originated in India thousands of years ago, and then it migrated over to the United States and into the West in the late 1800s and early 1900s. Um, and that's when it became... or. It, uh, arrived in the U.S. in the form of Hatha yoga, which is the type of yoga that you probably associate it with most today. Um, and so that's the style of yoga you'll see most commonly at yoga studios where you're doing yoga postures, um, you're doing breathing practices, you might do some chanting and learn some philosophy around yoga as well. So it's Hatha yoga, like the physical Yoga or is it? Hatha yoga encompasses all of those different aspects that I just spoke about. Okay. So um, it's there's a philosophical portion to it. There's physical portion. Is Hatha a, a person or is it? No, Hatha is a term. Um, ha and Tha means sun and moon is the translation of it. Um, some people think of it as um, balancing the two sides of ourselves, our more solar and lunar side. Um, some people think of it as finding this balance um, within ourselves. Um, so the ultimate goal of of this practice is to find inner wellness, harmony, and connection to um, our truest self or our life's purpose. Mm-hmm. Big stuff. That is, that is, that is <laughs> for a stuff. sixty minute class on for, that. Right, for a sixty minute class that you might be doing at like uh you know, a, a gym, right? Right. Yeah. So um, not all classes are gonna take you there. I don't wanna raise people's expectations of what they're gonna get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well I mean, you know, I think that that's what's <laughs> kind of interesting about like modern Western, modern American yoga is um is like some people think of it as a sixty minute workout, right? Right. Yes. And and they think it like totally physical and other people think yeah. of it as, you know, something that has philosophy or chanting or, I mean, you know, at one of the very first classes that I went to was one you took me to called like a Jiva Mukti uh-huh. class, which is a style of yoga. Um, and that one was like maybe 90 minutes or even two hours. And there was all this chanting and singing and all kinds of stuff that I was like totally unprepared for. Yeah, of um, course. You know, and it's, uh, I think that it's, it's interesting how how different um, people's perception of yoga can be, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, definitely. And originally, the yoga asanas, these physical postures, were designed to prepare the body for meditation or concentration practices. Mm-hmm. So we often focus um, our idea of yoga on these postures and the physical postures are certainly important and beneficial, right? To keeping mm-hmm. us in our optimal state of health. Um, but originally they were designed so that we could sit 
and focus and go into our internal world and do self-study mm. um, and connect to something greater than ourselves. So, And some people say, well, that's starting to get into this religious arm and does it conflict with my religion? And no, I don't think it does. I think it's more of a mindfulness practice. Um, with It doesn't have the set beliefs. There are some um, ethical behaviors and things that you can um, take on from, from yoga philosophy, but... Um, but it's really a way of, um, of self-study and, and finding optimal health. Okay. So, yes. Great. Well, um, so, you know, thinking about, you know, the yoga studio versus the, like the gym style yoga, you know, Mm -hmm. is there a difference? I mean, like if you're, if you're a member at like, uh, gold's gym and they offer um you know yoga classes Mm -hmm. is it going to be the exact same thing as if you went to like your local yoga studio it depends um Mm -hmm. because the teachers of yoga are varied greatly right some yoga teachers only teach the physical practice the, uh, the physical postures and some teachers mostly teach the philosophy or the breathing and so it depends on the teacher you're taking it depends on the um, the style that you're taking. Mm -hmm. So you really have to go and experience it for yourself. Yeah. Um, some studios are more physical than others. So yeah, it depends on where you go. So there's no, like, you know, if you're like looking for a certain type of, I want the physical stuff. Is there Mm -hmm. like a tall tale sign? Not really. Nope. I would, if you're, I would call the place, I would call the gym or the studio that you, that's, that are near you and ask them about what they're offering. Um, generally gyms, the environment of a class at a gym is less relaxing. They tend to be colder. They don't have as nice, the props and the environment isn't as nice. Whereas studios really focus on creating an, a full, all sense experience for you mm-hmm. um, and I'd like to think that studios often um, ask more of their teachers they have more highly trained teachers a lot of teachers fresh out of teacher training often get their first class experiences at gyms but there's also people who teach at gyms that are extremely well trained and excellent teachers mm-hmm. and there's teachers at studios that <laughs> are not and so um, right. you really have to go and experience it for yourself or call these places and find out yeah what they're offering yeah. What their standards are. <laughs> I know it's not an easy yeah, answer, no, but, but I mean, it, you know, it makes how sense. How it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so I want to talk about, you know, who yoga is for, right? And, mm. and I think I know your answer because I know you and I know, um, yeah, your kind of mental philosophy. But, you know, I think, uh, for a lot of people, you know, they think of yoga and they think of like the ultra bindi or they think of the, like, you know, kind of, people who want to connect with the universe meditators i don't know you know like the kind of like free spirits i guess is the is the better word (laughs) or like the like super bendy did i already say that like super fit super bendy so yeah uh you know like who's who's yoga for who would you say yoga is for i believe it's for everybody because what you can get from the practice is so varied and the and the the practices are <clears throat> so adaptable to individuals. So as a yoga therapist, I've worked with people in wheelchairs mm-hmm. um, all the way to professional athletes, right? And so the the whole range is going to benefit from yoga. Um, I think you going in, you should be really clear about what you want from it. 
and then do your work to find a class that fits those those wants and needs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's classes that are wheelchair yoga classes or chair yoga classes, and then there's yoga classes that are for athletes. Right. Um, those are more crystal clear ways of looking of describing classes. But if you call a studio and say, "Hey, I'm not flexible," which classes are going to be more more yeah. uh, accessible for me? They'll help you. Um, you might also work with someone one-on-one, which is what I do working one-on-one with people and creating, um, yoga routines that are tailored to them and all of their varied needs and Mm -hmm. wants and goals. Yeah. So like, you know, if I, as a runner, Uh right, you know, speaking Uh about for myself and I know that like I am tight and weak in certain areas of my body, you know, like is, is first of all, is yoga going to help me? And, you know, should I be focused more on, like, the physical stuff or, or like, the philosophy stuff? <laughs> I mean, only you can answer that one. <laughs> um, having had you in yoga classes, I, you know, Doug is on the tighter side. He He's a runner. Uh-huh. I mean, you used to come to my yoga classes <laughs> before we got engaged. And then I think it was all part of the courtship. No, and then... <laughs> And then I don't know what's happened since then, but (laughs) I I (laughs) I think you could definitely benefit from more yoga. Um, So I, but being on the right, being on the tighter side, um, coming to classes and getting some of the release, and then also um, as as an athlete doing repetitive movement, right? As a runner, you're doing the same movement over and over. Mm -hmm. Um, So you are using the same muscle groups in the same way um, every time you go out for a run or mostly, right? It varies depending on your um, elevation and different factors. But coming to a yoga class, you are going to use those muscles in new ways, and you're going to be able to release muscles that you are often strengthening and engaging when you run. And you're going to be able to strengthen muscles that you're often not using when you run. So that'll just make your performance improve. So if that's your goal. You're like, I want to run better and feel less tight in my body. Then that's great. Um, that's, that's a great goal. If you're getting stressed out at work and overwhelmed at work and you're a runner on the side, then maybe you go to a class that is more focused on the re- relaxation piece of it, the mm-hmm. breathing, the meditation, um, the mindfulness, mm-hmm. um, and and that's going to suit you better. So Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I know that um, Black Mountain Yoga, where you teach, mm-hmm. is different than like the studios that you used to teach at when we were living in D.C., uh, in part because we we live in a small town that is very different than yeah uh, you know, the neighborhood that we lived in in DC and <clears throat> and one thing that is remarkable to me is like I go to a Black Mountain Yoga class and oftentimes I'm the youngest person there definitely right? by far and, yeah and like I uh, you know may not be the strongest yogi or like the person like that but I might be one of the few athletes if you want to call me that and yogi's not that but you know whatever <laughs> I'm, I'm giving like, him the maybe, evil eye across the microphone t- <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> you know but like there's a lot of older people there might be people who um who just i don't know you, you know what i'm trying to say i'm biting my tongue yeah <laughs> I'm my uh-huh. in my mouth here but uh, you know but like there's people who i wouldn't expect is to like be at like a, a like a fit yoga class right yeah 
Um, and I think that's really cool uh, because I think that that to me, I guess I understand now on a different level of like the type of how every, how really everybody can mm-hmm. um, can practice yoga and and then that how you know your studio has classes that are like restorative classes or or seated classes where you're on the floor the whole time so they're not like in a chair but and anybody can do them um but uh you know but they're like really low impact like mm-hmm. low stress on the body you know you're much more about releasing things you have yeah. classes where like you use massage balls and things like that so mm-hmm. i mean you know i guess until now i or until we moved here and you started teaching the studio, my impression of yoga was, or yoga studios were really more about the intense yoga sessions. Yes, definitely. Yeah. In DC, I was teaching people who were coming off of a long day on Capitol Hill and right. wanted to move and sweat. And I mean, DC is filled with type A's and, and younger people, right? They're mm-hmm. the average age, I'd say, in those classes, we were, people were in their 20s. Sure. Um, and I was in my 20s at the time and out of teacher training, and I had a power yoga practice then. And um, so I taught very differently. And then moving to Black Mountain, where um, there's a lot of retirees here, my focus shifted. And I was also transitioning into yoga therapy. My focus shifted to a yoga practice that is sustainable for, for life, right? Mm-hmm. All of our bodies are aging every minute and that's inevitable and we can't stop that process, but we can, um, we can practice yoga in a way that is going to, um, re- is going to keep our bodies uh, moving with ease and strong um, and upright, right? Help with our posture. And then as different conditions come in, as we age just from um, wear and tear on our bodies or different diseases that we get as we age, we can use the tools of yoga to help um, to help heal ourselves or to help prevent things from getting worse. So I have shifted my focus into this like, let's create a yoga practice that is going to be sustainable until we're, if you live to 90, right, mm-hmm. or 100, that you can do that whole time. Right. Um, and it's still just as, as beneficial, even yeah. more so. Yeah. Definitely. Right. Um, but some people want to go in and they want to sweat and move. And I still go to classes that are like that, that are like quicker paced and flowing fast and um, really challenging me physically. And some of that is just helping you get out of your mind, right? Like you really just, like when you go for a hard run, you can just let all of your thoughts go and just get into your zone where you're just moving and breathing and fully present where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what this yoga flow helps create. And it also helps, um, yeah, create this vitality in our bodies. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I... I want to ask the questions that I remember having um, before going to my first yoga yeah, class. Yeah, I know. it's a, There's a lot. Um, it can be intimidating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can be really I intimidating. Was, I was scared. Like, I was legit nervous about going to my first class. And Yeah. Yes. And it wasn't, like, about meeting people, I guess. It was maybe about making a fool of myself. But, you know, it's just, I don't know. It was, like, so outside of everything that I knew. Yeah. Um, okay. So, first of all, as a man, am I the only person in the yoga class? The only per- the only man. The only man in yoga class. Uh, you could be. It's interesting because yoga was um, founded and originally in India taught by men. Two mm. men. Mm. Yeah. So 
guys represent <laughs> in the U.S. Get out there. Get on your mats. Yeah. And I hear from men, I'm not flexible. I can't do yoga. But that's why you should do yoga because you're tighter. Right. And um, it will help you find your optimal range of motion in your body. Mm-hmm. So you might be the only guy, but who cares? Yeah. Why does that matter? But you're certainly Check not your ego be at the, the door, guys. You're certainly not going to be the only guy who's there that day, right? No. I mean, I taught a class this week that had three men in it. Mm-hmm. So it really just depends on the studio. It depends on the day, mm-hmm. the class. Um, but men practice yoga. There's men, And there's also a lot of male yoga teachers. And mm-hmm. so those classes could uh, attract more men. And so if that's something that uh, will make it easier for you to go to your first yoga class, then find a class that's taught by a man. Sure. Right? So I have huge muscles. Does that mean I'm going to be really good at yoga? <laughs> Do you have huge muscles, Doug? <laughs> no, that, Doug's that flexing actually, right now. That actually wasn't <laughs> one of my questions going to my first class because I have ter- uh, puny muscles but um you do not. no but like your calves are out of this world <laughs> oh, thanks babe <laughs> um muscles don't make you good or bad at yoga and in fact a lot of people are surprised going to yoga classes even if they are strong if they weight lift or if they're athletic mm-hmm. because yoga asks you <clears throat> excuse me to use different muscles than you would otherwise and in different ways um and there's often a lot of muscles that you're not using right. in general and yoga asks you to Turn those on. Mm-hmm. So um, you'll you'll be sore in places you didn't even know you had muscles after <laughs> yoga, some yoga classes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, I think, you know, nowadays every, everybody knows what yoga pants are, right? But um, but I still think like... <laughs> they're getting a bad rap too. You know, they they're are, getting, yeah. They're uh, getting outlawed. <laughs> outlawed? Yeah, there's some schools that are banning uh, yoga, cla- yoga pants. Uh, their wow. students can't wear them. Uh, but... You know, but I think most people know what yoga pants are for women. But like, what does a man wear to a class? And then, are there any pointers for women as far as how what to dress? To wear? Yeah, I mean, I think the important thing is you want to be able to move without your clothes restricting you. So um, things that aren't too stiff. I wouldn't go in jeans, for example. If you're a guy, <laughs> um, you can wear some like basketball shorts or you often go in your running shorts, don't you, sometimes? Yeah, I, I usually wear my running shorts in part yeah. because they have like the little underwear thing. A little underwear yeah. that helps with coverage. That's the other yep. piece is you like you want a sh- on your top a shirt that isn't too loose because if you're going into, say, down dog where you're partially upside down, you don't want your shirt falling up in your face and being distracted by your clothes. So a relatively well-fitted T-shirt or tank top. And then for guys, some shorts. I have uh, – there's yoga shorts out there. They're kind of a little longer, kind of like board shorts, but made out of softer material mm-hmm. um, that a lot of guys like to wear. Um, some men wear spandex shorts and feel good in those. Um, women, same thing. You can wear all of those things. And then women also tend to wear the the <laughs> yoga – stretchy yoga pants that mm-hmm. – Everyone knows and loves not just for yoga anymore. <laughs> right, right. Um, okay. So, and breathability is nice too, especially if you're going to a more intense class, something that's going to mm. be breathable. Yeah. I, you know, I usually just wear what I wear to run. You yeah. know, I wear a running yeah. shirt and running shorts. You typically a tighter fitting running shirt, just yeah. uh, not like a skin tight one, but yeah. something that isn't going to fall down all the time. Right. Yeah. And if your shirt is a little looser, you can always tuck it in. You just don't want it distracting you. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you want to show everybody. Your Unless you're trying abs. to show off your yeah your six pack. Um, okay. So what about what to bring to class? You know, because yeah. 
uh, you know, now, like, I think anyone who's been to a yoga class is going to kind of roll their eye at this question, right? But maybe. Yeah. But, you know, but for me, like, there was a ton of anxiety around, like, I didn't know what a mat, you know, I didn't know, mm-hmm. do I bring my water bottle? Do I bring... Mm-hmm yoga blocks that I see people have like what how does all that stuff work yeah I mean I get this question all the time I get at the yoga studio we get phone calls all the time with people asking that so it's not a a bad question or it's a great question um you really don't have to bring anything you obviously want to wear the clothes that we talked about but um you all you really need is a mat and you don't even need that I have some students that don't like using yoga mats or have allergies so Um, but bring a mat if you have one, or you can call the studio. A lot of studios and even gyms provide mats for you so that you don't even have to bring that with you. Mm -hmm. Um, water is fine. Some studios allow it and some don't, but, um, you can bring it with you and put it with your other things if they don't let you bring it into the actual yoga room. Um, and that's it. If they, if classes ask you to use props, so there's different props like straps and blocks and blankets and bolsters that all help you in your practice with alignment and support. Um, if they ask you to use those, they usually provide them for you. So you don't have to come in with a suitcase <laughs> full yeah. of supplies. Right. And yeah. And I mean, like you said, you can usually they either provide or you can rent them at. Uh, at most studios so like really you don't yeah. need to bring it you don't really need anything yeah. right so it can be a completely spontaneous event that you're out for a run you see a studio and you pop in for a class right mm-hmm. um and the mats are the mat the purpose of the mat is for traction so that you're not slipping and and sliding as you're doing these different things and um it provides some cushioning often for your joints like if you're on your hands and knees mm-hmm. so that your joints aren't feeling the impact of the hard floor mm-hmm and some sanitation too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So one one other question, one yeah. other beginner question. Okay. Before we move on, um, uh, you know, I had a ton of anxiety, and I'm sure that a lot of people do yeah. with this around not having a clue, like what to do. Like, you know, a lot of people have heard of Down Dog, and they can picture that, you know, but that's typically like what people know, right? I mean, you know, planks and stuff like that. You know, they might know from other things, but all these words are foreign, right? So do you, as a new student, are you like watching everybody else? Uh, are teachers kind of moving you into that position? Like how does, how does it all work? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, there's a few different things that can be helpful that seeking out a beginners or yoga basics class um, where they're talking you through alignment and um, some of the basic postures can be very helpful. Um, come in with an understanding that there's a really sharp learning curve in yoga. It's like learning a new language, a new physical form of practice, um, a new philosophy. There's a lot to learn. And so when you go into your first class, it's not about a performance. It's about finding the the shapes and the breath in your own body. So a good teacher will guide you uh, from from pose to pose or shape to shape very uh clearly so mm-hmm. if you go to a class and they're just calling out names of yoga postures and that's not the class for you that's not a beginner's class or even really a class that i would want to attend because i want those more specific alignment cues so mm-hmm. the teachers talk you through how to get in and out of things and what to do once you're in a shape how to breathe in the shape um 
And it can be beneficial to see what other people are doing. You don't want to compare yourself to other people because it's not a competition. Right. Um, as as athletes, I know that can be a hard um, mentality shift, but um, you can watch people just to get the rough form, but don't make, try to make your body look like somebody else's because everybody's completely different. Your skeleton's different. Your range of motion's different. Um, so go easy on yourself <laughs> and have fun. Enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, but there's Enjoy nothing it. wrong. I don't think with like, sitting in the or not sitting but setting up towards the back or in the middle definitely so see what yeah a lot doing. of people like to when they're new be in the back of the room mm-hmm. even people who've been doing yoga a long time like to be in the back of the room yeah. so they can kind of yeah, general people just like to be in the like back, to be the back. <laughs> yeah there's something about the back it's safer or something uh-huh. yeah i my first class i uh i don't know if i'm sure i told you this but like i my my plan was to sit in the or to set up in the back towards the back and i think i must have gotten there a little late or maybe it was like the first one or something and and the teacher told me to where it is set up and it was like right in the very front (laughs) (laughs) not where i want to be no it was like the very first person couldn't see anybody else and a lot of teachers don't stay on their mat at the front while they teach they walk around Mm -hmm. the room right so there's not even that to help guide you in front of you yeah but they don't want you to try to do what they're doing so right they're trying to see what you're doing Okay, so okay. I want to talk a little bit about the like philosophy side of yoga mm-hmm. before we wrap up. Uh, but first, let's take a second to thank our sponsor. All right. This episode is brought to you by Trade Coffee. I don't know about you, Matt, but I've been drinking what's essentially the same cup of coffee for the past several years. I rarely do I do I explore different options. Are you the same way? Are you a are you a no? You, you got I, what you like. I'm I'm always changing up my coffee. Oh, interesting. I'm a lover of variety. Well, I think that this is the perfect solution for both of us because Trade Coffee uses a quiz to match you with the perfect coffee for your preferences and brewing style. Then they ship you a different bag to explore. My latest shipment of Trade Coffee was um, from Blueprint Coffee. It was this medium roast, uh, absolutely delicious, bright, fruity, a whole lot different than the coffee that I that I buy every every week. Um, so just a really nice surprise. Trade Coffee connects customers to the freshest and best tasting coffee they've ever had at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. They're independent businesses from big cities and small towns. Trade customers are truly impactful to these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. Trade's coffee team actually taste tests thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you, and Trade's human-powered algorithm will find it. Trade's coffee is so confident that they'll match you right the first time that if they don't, they'll take your feedback, and actual coffee expert will work with you to send you a brand new bag for free. That's the Trade's first match guarantee. Matt, what do you think about Trade Coffee? I, Doug, I think there is nothing in this world better than a coffee subscription. As I told you, I am a variety lover, and... I don't get stuck in the rut too much, but I get so excited when I have a new bag of coffee. So when it actually just shows up on its own and I know that the next day I've got a, a fresh new bag that I've never tried before waiting for me, it's like I think about it in bed the night before and I cannot wait to be awake drinking that new coffee. Wow. Uh, I actually really like that's, the algorithm. They, so I yeah. tend to always get, as much as I like variety, I always get Ethiopia and Kenya and all these African coffees. So their quiz, they gave me that one the first time. And then the second time, just came a couple days, only three days after it was roasted, I should note. Uh, it arrived oh. in my mailbox. One from Peru, the Peru Pangoa, which has lemon-lime tasting note. 
mm. which must be honest, I can can never taste any of the tasting notes from any coffee. But I like. <laughs> but to, is it good? Like to pretend what, it's delicious. Did you enjoy it? it's, they're all good. Yeah, I mean, both have been the two I've had have been really great so far. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash no meat. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash no meat and let Trade find you a coffee that you'll love. It's a perfect Mother's Day gift. A Trade subscription is the perfect gift for the coffee lovers in your life. That's drinktrade.com slash no meat for $30 off, whether that's for the mother in your life or... For yourself. Okay, so obviously, as you said, there's way more to yoga than just like the the physical postures, the asanas. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um. Then I know that there's there's kind of at least in part there's a connection between yoga and veganism, right? In the in the eating plants. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I, I think that out of every podcast out there, this would be the one to, to make that connection and talk about <laughs> sure. that. So, so, um, what, you know, if you're a yogi, do you have to be vegan? No. Yeah. You don't. <laughs> I think most people probably know that, but you don't. like what, what is the, what is the but connection there? Many yogis are, um, and the form of yoga that you mentioned earlier, Jiva Mukti, which is a f- style that I practiced a lot when we lived in Washington, DC. Um, they they do all observe veganism as part of that. So um, there's a text called the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, um, which is credited as being the first systematic presentation of yoga. Um, a lot of people call it the Bible of yoga. Um, and it lays out the eight limbs of yoga, uh, which are practices that lead a person to enlightenment. Um, or to union with their truest self. So one of the um, ethical principles um, and behaviors to follow that is in the Yoga Sutras is called ahimsa, or nonviolence. And it's nonviolence towards all sentient beings and the earth. And so this um, ethical behavior is why a lot of yogis are vegan or vegetarian um and the and it's there's three ways to think about it which is aligns i think with a lot of reasons that people are vegan anyway um one is that you're practicing nonviolence towards animals by reducing um the confinement the abuse the killing of animals right so it's that mm. nonviolence toward all beings um and also the earth and so as Many of the listeners probably know there's huge environmental repercussions of the meat and dairy industry um, on the on the earth, and so eating vegan is this act of nonviolence towards the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then thirdly, that there's meant a lot of research that points to the health benefits to human beings of a plant-based diet being vegan. And so being vegan is this nonviolence towards yourself as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So all of those come together to really point people toward not being vegan. But then some people don't believe that the Humza applies to all of this. And there's other philosophies that that disagree within the yoga world because there's many different yoga texts and aspects to it. Um, So there's not like just – there's not like – there's nothing that says for... yogis are ve- yogis must be vegan. Mm-hmm. It's not there. 
and it's and it's yeah. not it's it's nonviolence is like the the key right there's that's not, right that's it's right not like a... nonviolence towards all beings and mm-hmm. the earth mm-hmm. is is what it is yeah makes yeah. sense yeah um right makes sense to me too <laughs> yeah um so that's the connection and some some just like the bible and other texts are open to interpretation and application in behaviors so is this so mm. Um, if people are curious about that, I'd, I'd encourage them to, to pick up the yoga sutras. Yeah. Even if you're just curious about yoga, it's a great starting place for learning more about the philosophy yeah. of yoga. Okay. So speaking of the philosophy, yeah. I guess, or, you know, if moving away from like the, the physical stuff, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, we, we talked at the beginning about how yoga might be good for stress or, you know, you I believe mentioned how it helped you get through a time in your life when depression was, was, um, when you were depressed and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, there's a big mental part of yoga too. And I guess like part of that is probably just the physical activity. Just like people think, you know, running is my therapy or whatever, you know, that kind of joke is. Um, but there is more to it than to that, to that with yoga. Right. Mm -hmm. What is the kind of, how does how does the mental stuff play into into yoga? Yeah, if that makes sense. So I think um, if you approach it from uh, practices, there's the breathing practices. The pranayama is the Sanskrit for that, um, and there are many breathing practices, and a lot of them are. Um, going to calm your nervous system or turn on your parasympathetic nervous system response in your body. Um, so that is one way to physiologically shift um, your body's response to to what's going on in, in your in your world. Um, the second aspect of that is the mindfulness and meditation practices um, that can help um, if you're feeling overly anxious can help to calm those feelings or help you learn to be with them, but not feed into them. Um, or if you're feeling depressed, you write the mindfulness and meditation practices that similarly can help you, um, work through that. And I'm not saying that that's, um, the cure all that it's a great complement to other, um, to other ways of healing. Right. Yeah. So, um, so the breathing and the meditation are two big ones. Yeah. Um, and those are, you know, can, can be, depending on what class you go to, of course, can be like mainstays in, mm -hmm. in a class, right? Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one, one thing I really like about yoga is the connection of breath to the movement. And at least in some classes that I go to, right. Where Mm -hmm. you're like moving with your breath. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, and that can be thought of as meditation, as move, right. moving meditation, where you're linking your body and your breath, and your your mind is completely concentrated on this experience, and so you're not um, you're not focused on what's going to happen later in your day or in your life, or worrying about the future or rehashing the past, um, and you're just immersed in your flow, which is you know in your yoga flow, mm-hmm. um, which. We all need that, right? Yeah. We all need that <laughs> that 
that break and that connect then that time for connection mm-hmm. um, and often you know with the busyness of life we can distract our minds really easily and find ways to make ourselves feel better short term but yoga really makes us uh, face our stuff and and deal with it mm-hmm. right and and study our our patterns our habits what we can start to shift um, often people come to yoga classes for they want to strengthen their glutes and they come out with huge life changes because they've realized that there's a lot more that they're needing and that they're getting from it. So yeah. that's why it's my life's work because it's powerful stuff. It really can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, And and, and it's and... not for everyone and that's okay and that's all right. But yeah. I think everyone can can benefit from it. Sure. Okay, so how would you recommend people get started? Like if they're listening to this and they're thinking, okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's, Let's do this. Do um, I well, would... other, than, other than purchasing the yoga kit. Yeah, the yoga kit. <laughs> Doug and I had some fun. We got to collaborate on yeah. this yoga kit. We don't get to collaborate professionally very often. Um, we collaborate on raising our child and many other things, but it was fun to, to do it this was. together. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, did an excellent job. As okay, did so. you. So anyway, I would say to um, to seek out an in-person experience. There's a lot online that you can do, um, which is great. And for people where they don't have a yoga studio or a gym nearby, go online and look up Yoga Basics, Yoga be- for Beginners. And there's lots of um, websites and tutorials and things online that you can um, that you can use from the comfort of your own home. But it's also very valuable to have an in-person teacher who can be there looking at your alignment and giving you feedback on that and keeping you safe and then um, talking to a, an area yoga studio or gym and having them point you to the right class. Um, tell them everything you can about yourself that um, that they need to know. So if you have any injuries or conditions, um, what you're hoping to get out of it, what your physical fitness is, um, if you've ever done yoga or not, and then they can help you find the right class and teacher. Um, teachers can can make or break the experience too. So if you go to a class and you are not connecting with the teacher, you don't even like the sound of their voice or you don't understand their cues um, or it's just not the right style of yoga, try different classes. Like go to, I would say, a minimum of five classes before you – um, settle on one and or before you decide it's not for you because mm-hmm. um, they're very different experiences depending on the teacher yeah 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 i think that's great advice and the studio too i mean I and the that, studio like, yeah every yeah, they're so different from the studios that you've taught at you know there's they varied they have varied wildly yes i mean the style you know because every studio has their own like style yeah. right and vibe yes and don't let anyone make you feel like you don't belong there if you go to a studio and it feels like you are an outsider, then that's not for you. That's not that's not yoga. That's not the place for you, right? Yoga is about community. And so find a place that welcomes you with open arms and makes you feel good about being there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> have fun with it. Uh-huh. All right. So the the question everyone tends to ask us is whether – do you know what I'm going to ask? I have no idea. I'm kind of <laughs> nervous. What's, no. what's... Whether Eliza is going to be a runner or a yogi, what do you think? Well, as we have discussed, <laughs> she will find her own path 
in life. Yep. And I, neither of us are going to push her in either direction. But I must say that yoga, do, or Eliza does attend a weekly yoga class right now. <laughs> she does. She That's goes right. to Tiny Tots Yoga uh-huh. and she is, she's really into it. <laughs> she does and she just started running a little bit yeah i know she's running up around. and down the hallways and through the she yard going on runs with me but she trips a lot when she runs she does. so mm. you've got some work to do maybe she maybe she'll be a musician <laughs> <laughs> a running yogi yeah who knows uh all right well this was fun this was fun thanks for having me on the podcast i really enjoyed it yeah. And thanks you did great on your very first podcast. You did a really nice job. Thanks, I hope so. What do you think about what do you think about me being about a podcast and sharing my life, uh, at least part of my life, with such a big audience? Yeah, I mean, I I think that's part of why I don't listen regularly. <laughs> but I also know you're mindful not to embarrass me too much, so yeah, it's all good. No. People, a lot of people know things about us that. Um, or I don't know. Yeah, like, they know the know. details of our lives. Yeah, we meet some people and and they like, you know, they've yeah. heard a lot of stories about what yeah. we've been up to. Yeah, they like ask how Eliza's doing and. Uh-huh. Yeah, because Matt and I basically start every episode by sharing like a story from the week. So do the listeners know that yo- Eliza's a yogi? I don't know. Actually, N- new fun That's, fact. Matt is. I don't think they do. She does. She attends a weekly yoga class. Yes, yoga is for everybody. I started yoga with Eliza when she was just a little baby. Mm-hmm. And it looks very different. A lot of that is for the mamas and then for uh, the babies doing just some gentle movement. But if you're pregnant or postnatal, it's there's yoga classes out there for you too. Yeah. So I would definitely encourage that. It's a great experience. And a good way to connect with other mamas too. I went to a class when I was like two weeks from my due date. And and it was it was a really good time just to be with other moms and mm-hmm. right it was a pregnant C yeah it was yeah it was or a class or pregnant prenatal woman. prenatal yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that. Yeah. yes uh, well cool all right well thanks for thanks for doing this yeah and, thanks um, for having me yeah this was this was fun thanks Katie and um, we'll see everybody talk to everybody soon all right namaste <laughs> namaste. <laughs> <laughs>